Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here is Pastor Albert with today's word. Praise God. This morning, saints of the Most High God, the title of my message is simply, Keep Praising the Lord. Keep praising the Lord. That was the lamest hallelujah, amen, I ever heard in my life. Hallelujah. Keep praising the Lord. Glory to God. We're going to read a portion of scripture. It's a small chapter, the last one in the book of Psalm. Psalm 150. I'm going to give you a minute to find that in your Bibles. And for those that are able, if you wouldn't mind kindly standing for the reading of God's word. Amen. Psalm 150, and the word of the Lord says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with the stringed instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. You may take your seats this morning in the presence of God. We are told 13 times in this passage of scripture. I'm going to need somebody to sit at that computer and I'm going to just nod at you. Praise God because this thing is not working. Praise God. We are told 13 times in this chapter to praise the Lord. I call it the baker's dozen of praise. How many remember when you used to go to the bakery in the morning and you'd order a dozen donuts? They'd give you 13 or 14, sometimes 15 donuts. But you always get a little bit more than what you pay for. This chapter is the baker's dozen of praise. Hallelujah. The Imperials, I sang this song earlier, have a song called Praise the Lord. Every single time I go through something, I'm telling you, I just have to push push the play button. And within a minute of of getting into that song, I'm already cheered up. I'm already sanctified, edified. Uh, I'm already pepped up. There's a new pep to my step. You know why? That song is a memorial song in my life. How many have memorial songs in your life? Times where you had to go back to that one song. I have like, great is thy faithfulness. You guys already know, uh, just a closer walk with thee. It is well with my soul. All these songs, the minute you play it and you press play, you're like, and your hands go up and you start worshiping God. I tell you, I can't get through some of these songs. It is well, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Great is thy faithfulness, oh God, my Father. Right? When you start singing these songs and it gets in your spirit, it does something. It creates a spark. It ignites something in your spirit. And praise is something that we all need to do. We have to praise God through all times. Hallelujah. In the good times. Let me get a click. In the good times. In the bad times. When there's crisis. When there's storms, when there's trials, and let me tell you, we're all going to face it. Praise the Lord. If you ain't in a trial right now, it's probably because you are just a a perfect little goody two-shoe. Hallelujah. You know, Pastor Richie said it all the time. A church, a spirit-filled church will never be comfortable, will never be at peace. You know why? Because the devil is always launching darts, fiery darts. The devil is always coming after those. If you're going through hell this morning, consider yourself blessed. Hallelujah. Because hell got its eyes on you. Praise God. But when you understand who you are in Jesus Christ, then you will be even more blessed because you say, Satan, get under my feet. Get thee behind me. How dare you mess with a man of God? Sometimes our trials, 
They seem like they come in floods. They come and, and like, like the KO punch that I almost saw last night with Israel Adesanya. He almost got knocked out. Anyway, with the KO punch, boom, and it knocks you out cold. And sometimes the only place you could do, the only thing you could do when you wake up is look up. Sometimes God has to allow us to be knocked out so that when we come to and when we gather our senses, when we come and, and recognize what happened, you say, why am I on the floor right now? Why am I looking up? Why am I seeing the ceiling? Why am I uh, uh, alone on the floor? It's because you got knocked out. And sometimes God has to allow the storm or the punch to come so that the only thing we can do is look up to glory. Look up to him. Something happens when you go through those trials. Saints of God. When you're in the fire, look up for your redemption draweth near. Yes. Sometimes God has to send a storm. And let me tell you, Jesus himself was familiar with storms. The disciples were like, this storm is going to overtake us. This is crashing against the boat. Can't you see we're about to perish? And the Lord comes up, as we know, and says to the storm, peace, be still. And they all look at him and say, what manner of man is this, that even the winds and the waves obey him? Saints of God, who's inside of your boat? Saints of God, who is inside of your tent? Who is inside of your heart? Who lives within thee? You better tell the storm, peace. Be still, for the same resurrection power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead resides in the life of every believer in this room. Don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let him cheat you out of the power, the authority, the dominion, the level of, of, of anointing that is upon your life through the blood of Jesus Christ. These trials are to build us up. It's God himself chipping away at the old. He's pruning so we can go and bear even more fruit. Second Corinthians. Let me get a click. Second Corinthians 4, 7 through 9. I love this. It says, we are cast down, but we are not, uh, uh, we are cast down, but unconquered. It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. How many believe that this morning? Man, I've been through some fights with the enemy. I've been through some struggles. Praise God, I've got scars to prove it. But nothing has overtaken me. The peace of God remains. Praise the Lord. You know, when you think of wines... The finest wines in the world are produced by the grapes that have been crushed the hardest. Mashed down with the most intense pressure. Even the sweetest juice will come forth and the best wine will rest in a bottle. Olives, the same thing. Olives are, are no different. After intense mashing, you get the purest oil. The purest olive oil comes forth. But it has to be mashed down. None of us want to be mashed. None of us want to be pressed down. None of us want to be shaken. None of us want to be crushed. But the best, the most purest form of, of, of the fruit of the vine comes through the crushing of the grapes. However, there is a difference between grapes, olives, and the brethren. Hallelujah. Grapes and olives don't feel. Hallelujah. We feel. Praise God. Am I talking to somebody in here? How is it that we can be crushed and mashed down and beaten up and spat upon, demeaned and even slandered and keep smiling and keep rejoicing and still keep moving forward, steady, onward to the next battle, to the next crisis? I got the t-shirt, hallelujah, victorious, praise God. How can we keep it together when all hell seems to be breaking loose? I'll tell you how. It's in those times of pressure. It's in those times of crisis. It's in those times when you don't have answers. It's in those times where you don't know where your next step is going to be. That's how you're going to learn to praise the Lord. You're going to say, God, 
I don't understand what's going on, but I know who I serve. I know who is the holder, the keeper of my life. I know where my feet are planted. I'm on a firm foundation. Hallelujah. Your word says, no good thing will you withhold from me. Praise God. We'll start to change the atmosphere. We start to change the trajectory of our situation. The outcome, although might look bleak for a moment, you're going to say joy cometh. I know the end. I know the end of the story. Praise God. Remember, I had shared an a, a illustration a while back about a father and son. And the son was in the room. He was going, ooh, you're going to get it. Ooh, you gonna get it. You remember this one, right? Ooh, you gonna get it. And the father walks into the room. He says, son, I, I can't help but hear you keep saying, ooh, you're gonna get it. What, what are you talking about? He says, well, dad, I'm reading my favorite cowboy and Indian story. And it seems that the, the character, the main character, he keeps getting beaten up by the bullies. He keeps getting beaten up by the, by the guy. And, and I'm just getting frustrated. I, I can't keep reading and not know that something's about to change. So he says, you know what I did, Dad? I went to the end of the book. And when I saw the end of the book and I read the last chapter, ooh, you're going to get it. And so now I said, okay, now let me go back to where I left off. And now every single time the bad guy started messing with the good guy, all I could think of saying was, ooh, you're going to get it. Praise God. How many know that we have to get a praise that says, ooh, you're going to get it, devil. You might think you got me now, but ooh, you're going to get it. Praise God. Because we know the end of the story. I'm talking to somebody in this place. I don't know who it is, but somebody's getting it. Praise God. The Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That means we're supposed to praise God continuously. In Luke 19.40, the Pharisees were talking to Jesus. And they were telling him when he marched into the city, the triumphant entry. They were saying, listen, you got to keep these people quiet. You got to tell them to shut up. And what was Jesus' answer? He said, if I try to stop them, the rocks will cry out and they'll declare my praise. This moment was written in the history of God's word. This is the very precise moment that has been waiting to happen. If I don't, if I try to silence them, the rocks will cry out. I love that picture. It's a gross picture. The stones would cry out. Saints of God, don't ever let a stone steal your praise. Don't ever let a demon steal your praise. What am I talking about? I believe in the book of Mark chapter 5. The, the man at the, at the garden, uh, the Gadarenes. The guy that had a Lee Jin. His pronoun was Lee Jin. All right, y'all missed that. Hallelujah. You know what all the pronouns everybody's talking about now? What's your pronoun? Lee Jin. But when he saw Christ, he went to attack God. But when he saw the Lord, the Bible says he threw himself at his feet and began to worship God. Saints of God, we have to learn no matter what, praise God. Don't let the devil, don't let the rocks, don't let the trees, don't let the birds, don't let the animals steal your praise. You open up your mouth and give him some praise. God wants our continuous praise. Praise is something that cannot be contained. It cannot be silenced. It cannot uh, 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 be reserved. Praise is something that should explode out of your life, explode out of your mouth, explode out of your very being. God desires our praise, and he fills us with his presence and with power when we praise him. He fills our cup to overflowing. Our vats are filled with new wine. Is it easy to praise the Lord when things are not going your way? I tell you the truth, absolutely not. It is not easy, but one of the greatest forms of, of, of being mature in the things of God is learning how to praise him continuously. Can we actually say that we always praise him no matter what? Nope. I'd be lying to you if I said that was the truth. Because when I faced the judge and he said, listen, you guys got two weeks, 14 days, get out. But thank you so much for everything else, you know. You know, service with a smile, kicking us out on the street. And I walked out of that courtroom. I said, Lord God, why, why are they disrespecting the house of the living God? Forget me. But this is your house. Your name is here. 
How could they be so defiant? How could they be so fearless of messing with the people of God? The Bible says, touch not my God, my anointed, and do my prophets no harm. How could they look at us with such disdain? And the Lord reminded me, you're expecting the world to be like the brethren. But the world is the world. The world does what the world does. You should just be looking at me. And I said, duh, yeah. When you're up against the struggle. You know, sometimes you got to kazak yourself. You got to get back into the closet. And you got to start saying, Lord, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Not my brother, not my sister, not not Papua Junebug, Lord, standing in the need of prayer, right? You got to get along with God, and you got to say, Lord, it's me. I need this. Saints of God, 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. When you go through storms, instead of crying in defeat, cry out to the Lord in praise. When you're going through the fire, fear not, fret not. Know that you have been made free in Jesus Christ. When you are stricken, afflicted, or even wounded, worship and watch the Lord work it out for you. Praise God. One of the greatest examples of a worship warrior. How many worship warriors? How many praise warriors in the house? David, I'm telling you right after I say hi to Jesus and God the Father, I'm like, where's David? He's one of them brothers I need to see. I need to meet this brother. There's so much about his life that's just so inspiring. And the humanity, he was just like us too. He made big mistakes. But David knew how to worship the Lord no matter what. He literally wrote the book about praising God. In the field as a little shepherd boy, when he felt alone, abandoned, and forgotten, he praised the Lord. When the lion and the bear came to devour the sheep, he slew them and praised the Lord. When he was anointed to be king, he praised the Lord. When he saw the giant defying the armies of God, he picked up a rag and a rock, and he killed the giant and cut off his head, and he praised the Lord. When he fled from King Saul and dared not touch him, he praised the Lord. When he came back from a three-day fight and battle and walking, being hungry and thirsty, he came back to Ziklag and he saw that his wife and his kids were kidnapped and his men were trying to kill him, he praised the Lord. When his soldiers tried to turn on him and stone him to death, he praised the Lord. When he became king, he praised the Lord. When he brought the ark of the covenant into Jerusalem he praised the Lord when he told uh, when the Lord told him you will not build my temple because there's too much blood on your hand but your son will build the temple he praised the Lord hallelujah on and on if you look at the life of David even when the when the sword did not depart from his house with all the drama that he went through he still praised the Lord He learned that there are certain things that he could never change. There were certain things he had no power, no control over. And David learned to embrace whatever God was taking him through. And he just decided, I'm just going to worship God through the storm. How many of us could learn that lesson this morning? No matter what, praise the living God. Praising God through the trials of life sometimes is going to seem humbling. It's a dying act of surrender so many of us do not want to humble ourselves people uh, uh, hurt us and they demean us and they do so much stuff and take advantage and the last thing we want is to praise God we want revenge but the Lord says vengeance is mine say if the Lord leave room for me to repay what we need to do is stay low stay low the lower you go the higher you grow hallelujah right humility we must understand this trial this this craziness that I'm going through is above my comprehension it's above my pay grade I don't understand it but all I know is that I can get through it while it's painful now and it may seem tough for some to understand we know according to Romans 8 28 
all things work together for good for those who love God to those who are the called according to his purpose Jeremiah 29 11 I know the plans that I have for you plans to prosper you and not to harm you to give you a hope and a future praise God first Peter 5 7 cast all your care upon him for he cares for you and Luke 137 powerful verse of scripture for God for with God nothing will be impossible saints of God praise is the antidote praise is the cure praise is the remedy it is good to praise the Lord there is power in your praise praise and worship are definitely different praise is not always the fast songs it's not always uh, uh, the, the fast beat or whatever it is it's or, or the setting of the table to receive the word yes when we praise God when we worship God it does set the table it does bring in the atmosphere of the Spirit of God it makes our heart open to receive what God has but praise is an expression of admiration and gratitude unto the Father we worship him we honor him we love him we cherish him we reverence him through worship but praise is an expression of gratitude that literally comes through your body it completes your act of worship praise isn't a feeling praise is an expression a movement a verb an action praise God it is impossible to praise the Lord without movement are you hearing what I'm saying it is impossible to praise God without moving that body when you praise the Lord there should be answering your pants and I need to dance right there's got to be something going on inside of you I, I get mesmerized sometimes I come to church and I see everybody ah, ah, they're all wonderfully praising God and there's others going or they'll do this but you know what they don't know they haven't been through nothing yet they don't know they haven't experienced nothing they don't know the, the fire they don't know the trenches and some might say well what about a quadriplegic mute how is that person gonna praise the Lord I got an answer to that he blinked to the glory of God if you can't well listen I'm gonna tell you something my mother God rest her beloved soul the hero the matriarch of my life my mother was intubated she had a tracheotomy she couldn't do nothing she couldn't speak or nothing we would go into her room before she went home to be with the Lord and we would start singing songs and you know what she did when we sang songs lying down on a bed of affliction her deathbed you know how she worshiped God she went like this There's a, there's a song in Spanish, Yo le alabo de corazón, Yo le alabo con mi voz, I'll translate in a minute, Yo le alabo de corazón, Yo le alabo con mi voz, Y si me falta la voz, Yo le alabo con las manos, Y si me falta las manos, Yo le alabo con los pies, Y si me falta los pies, Yo le alabo con el arma, Porque si alabo toda la alma, Es que está yo con él, something like that, hallelujah. Let me give you let me give you the translation you put your right hand in and you take it and the left hand you shake it all up no that's not it hallelujah it means if I don't have a voice I'll use my hands if I don't have my hands I'll use my feet if I don't have no feet I'll praise him with my soul and if I don't have a soul it's because my soul is in glory with the father we got to turn the frown upside down hallelujah there's only one group of people that do not praise the living God uh-oh uh-oh I'm about to get in somebody's kool-aid right now hallelujah your email the dead 
don't praise the Lord. There's an old devotional. I love it. I use it. I love it all. It's from Derek Prince. It was February 19, 2007. I want you to listen. It's just a short little read. It says, The Bible exhorts every area of creation and every kind of creature to praise the Lord. The Bible exhorts the heavens, the earth, the sea, the forest, the rocks. There is nothing that should not praise the Lord. It speaks about all kinds of creatures, flying creatures, creatures in the sea, crawling creatures, cattle, wild beasts. It speaks about all the states of the human race, kings, princes, young men, old men, maidens, children. All are exhorted to praise the Lord. In fact, there's only one category of people that do not praise the Lord. Do you know who that is? The dead. Only the dead do not praise the Lord. My dear friend, if you do not praise the Lord, do you know what your problem is? You are one of the dead. Not necessarily physically dead, but spiritually dead. Come alive, hallelujah. Praise the Lord right now. The more you praise the Lord, the more joy and spiritual life you'll experience. Begin to praise the Lord right now. Glory to God. Let me tell you how true that is. When you're going through a storm or a trial and you forget to praise the Lord, what happens? The trial starts to get you. And that situation starts to get inside of you. And next thing you know, you got fear. You got anxiety. You have depression. And now you're picking up the, the phone book and you're looking for psychologists and therapists. And you're looking for Mama Cleo. And you're looking for Walter Mercado and all these knuckleheads. All these people that are dead. Dead, dead, spiritually dead. And you start calling up old spirits. And you start going to psychics. And you start going to fortune tellers and tarot cards. And you start to compromise everything that you have been told. And you start seeking out those who the Bible called an abomination. Because you need some answers. The reality is you're probably dead. Spiritually dead. And if you start messing around with all those things, guess what? You are dead in your spirit. There's no help for them. There's only help in Christ. Psalm 115, 17 through 18, it says, It is not the dead who praise the Lord, those who go down into silence. It is we who extol the Lord, both now and forevermore. Praise the Lord. In the Greek there's no word that means motionless or to do nothing. Because a lot of times people quote this, Pastor, you don't understand. I'm just standing on, on Psalm 46.10. And it says, be still and know that I am God. Listen, there's truth to the fact of being still and know that he is God. But being still doesn't mean this. Being still means keep working. Keep functioning. Keep serving the Lord. Keep watching over your kids. Take them to soccer practice. Keep going to work. Keep putting gas in your car. Keep functioning. But while you wait on God, while you're waiting for the answer, you're doing something. You're still occupied in the presence of God. Sometimes people sit around and do absolutely nothing. The Bible calls us to praise the Lord. In the good times, in the bad times, I'm going to give you several scriptures. Put them all the way till Psalm 146, brother. Psalm 150, verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. 71.8. Let my mouth be filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. 71.14. But I will hope continually and I will praise you yet more and more. How many know that? That's true. Praise God. Psalm 119, 164. Seven times a day, I praise you because of your righteous judgments. Ooh, seven times a day. The Muslims pray five times a day. How many of us actually praise God seven times a day? We start thinking, hmm. If you have to count, the answer is you're not praising him enough. If you lost count, 
then you know you're in the zone. Hallelujah. Hey, praise God. Every time something comes out, yeah, go Jesus. Go Jesus. You know, sometimes we get in our car, we're driving, and then we get to the red light and we go, we lower the radio. The world is like boom, 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 boom. And we come to the red light and we want to, hallelujah, you're worthy to be. Turn up the volume. Praise God. Teach the world we worship God in the good times, in the bad times. And let people look at you go. Give me those beady, dirty eyes. It's all good. You ain't the first. You ain't going to be the last. Take a number. Hallelujah. No pushing and no shoving. I'll get to you sooner or later. Hallelujah. We must praise God with our entire being. Praise is an expression of our worship. Psalm 22, 3. It says, for God inhabits the praises of his people. That means he's enthroned in our worship. He's sitting literally on the throne of your heart when you worship him. He lives and dwells among the people of praise. Let me give you an example. As the Spirit of God is just saying, how many have more than one child? How many have more than one child? Okay, so listen. You've got all your kids and you got one kid that just ain't acting right. <laughs> I tell you, man. <laughs> I can't get a break here, man. I tell you, my wife is the first one. Beat them off with their head. All right, let's go back. Don't, don't pay attention to that comment. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, okay. And AJ is like PTSD. All right. If you have one child that's always complaining and whining, you don't take care of me like you take care of my little brother and sister. But you have another child that's always doing the right things. Always, and he's always saying, Mom, I love you. Dad, I love you. You're the bomb.com. Isn't it going to be easier for you to bless that child? Your attention, even though you love them all the same, equally and the same, but it's that one child that doesn't complain. Even when they don't get the big piece of chicken. And they still are happy, even though they don't get to have that ice cream afterwards, uh, after dinner. They're still happy. You're more inclined to be in the presence of that little child, bless them and encourage them and help them, and the other one say, you need to be more like your brother. You need to be more like your sister. And then now they're all upset with each other anyway. And now it's another war. Praise God. But do you understand what I'm saying? You as a parent can understand that when the children are behaving and acting right. And when they're blessing you and, and being wanting to be with you. You're going to spend time with them. That's the same with our Father in heaven. Amen. He wants to be in the presence of those that worship him. Those that say, God, I don't understand, but I know that you love me. I don't understand what I'm going through right now, but I just bless you. I'm alive. I'm well. I'm healthy. I got everything I need. Thank you, Lord. The problem is many people don't know the Lord. Go ahead, brother. Many people just don't know God. That's the reality. It's hard to praise God when you don't know who he is. I'm talking to somebody in this house. There's so many people, even right now in this very room, that have recited a prayer to secure their spot in eternity. But after they recited the sinner's prayer, they do nothing to build the relationship with the Father. Many have fire insurance from the burning core of hell. But I wonder, do you know him? Many come to church and even have goosebumps every time they come. But do you know him? Saints of God, you must establish relationship with the Father. Include him in everything. Philippians 4, 4. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Do you know Paul and Silas? They wrote in prison these letters that we hear. They're rejoicing while they were beaten half to death. They were stripped bare. They're naked in a prison cell. And they have a praise and worship service. Who would do that? Mm -hmm. 
They did. And the Bible says that earth quaked. The chains broke off. Isn't it funny that only the chains of their door and their bonds broke? And they said, well, we ain't done praise. We just started getting our praise on. We ain't going nowhere. You understand? With whips. They had reeds. They were whipped. They had, they had whips all over their body. Punched in the face. They had bloused eyes. Big fat lips. Bloody nose. Their nose was probably crooked. And they're worshiping God. We get a little paper. <laughs> I can't believe this happening. I cracked a nail. That must have happened. Hallelujah. <laughs> I cracked my nail. Jesus, why does that happen to me? I'm kidding. I'm kidding, my sister. She's a miracle of God. Yes. Saints of God, we should praise him. Let's go to the next uh, one. Why should we praise him? This is wonderful. You should highlight this in your scripture. Psalm 50, verse 23, it says, Whoever, that means you and me, whoever offers praise glorifies me. And to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. Hallelujah. What happens, saints of God, when we don't feel like praising him? What we should do is sacrifice a praise. Give the Lord the fruit of our lips. When all else seems to fail around you, you slap the devil in his face with a sacrifice of praise. You know what that means, a sacrifice of praise? It means that even though I don't want to do it right now, I'm going to do it anyway, praise God. I'm going to give him the fruit of my lips, the best praise that I could offer up. I'm going to give it to God. Hebrews 13, 15. It says, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, I confess his name. Job 1, 21. Even Job had said in the worst time of his life, he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Satan has some end time strategies for the brethren. I got to tell you the truth. He's always trying to steal your praise. I'm going to give you a little segment about the pitfalls to praise. And if he's allowed to steal your praise, he's going to render you powerless in the time of crisis. Wherever there is no praise, there's going to be no power. Wherever there's no power, there's going to be no plan, no purpose, no position, and you're going to forfeit what God has in store for you. Let me give you some pitfalls to praise, and it's on the screen. Pride, worry, accusation, fear, apathy, deception, abuse, temptation, unbelief, all of these things. But there's one that's in bold, offense. This is one of the most used tactics of the enemy. Entire churches are destroyed over offenses. People leave churches. They quit relationships. They go into depression, into deep anger. Deep wounds over offenses. They go to, you know how you know when somebody's offended? When, when you go to your Facebook and you see you've been deleted. Oh, wow. This brother, this sister just deleted me? Man, I must have made it to the top 10 list. That's one way you find out somebody's offended. Delete. Matthew 18, 7. Woe to the world because of offenses. These are Jesus' words. For offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offenses come. Philippians 1, 9 through 11. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Let me just say this. Because sometimes when you're being honest and, and brutally, painfully true with someone, they take offense. The Bible says it's so easy for people to take offense. When someone is of God, 
even in correction, they will be humble. They will say, better to be rebuked by the righteous. Let him strike me. It should be as a fresh oil poured upon my head. Because my struggle is not with the brethren. It's not with the pastor. But it's with the ungodly. It's with the enemy, right? But when you see a brother or a sister that takes offense, and all you're trying to do is love up on them and help them, whether it be to be restored or to be uh, uh, rebuilt or re-equipped or whatever, to go through whatever they're going through in the proper manner because God does everything in order. There's got to be order. Everything God does is order. If it's out of order, you can't rebuild. You can't even be restored. You got to first fix what is out of order. And then the favor of God, the fingerprint of God will come right back on your life. Right? God is not going to help if your life is jacked up, especially as a minister. And so people take offense for the simplest of things, and oftentimes they lose the blessing. They lose, and they become all over, wandering all over the place because what they do is they take the offense from one house to another house, then they have the same problem, then they go to another house, then they go to another house, and they, go to, and they haven't realized the problem is not the house, the problem isn't the food. It's you. Maybe you're the problem. Maybe it's, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, right? Don't let the enemy use that tactic. That is the most lame, stale, uh, 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 bountiful tactic in his bag of tricks is offense. So easy to get offended. Listen, if you have been offended by me, I'm going to tell you in the presence of the living God, I think I'm the most approachable person on planet earth. It might not be comfortable for you to come, but talk to me. Come see me. Let's talk. Let's hash it out. You know why? I would rather us sit over a cup of coffee and let's hash it out like a brother and sister or like whatever it has to be so that we give no place to the enemy rather than holding and and harboring offense. And, and just allowing that bitterness to corrode your soul. Please. I, I was telling a, a, a couple of friends last week, love me enough to talk to me. Please. If, if, if you can't talk to me, then you're not showing me love. And I may do it again. Whatever it is that's bothering you. I may do it again and again and again and again. And then you get so upset you leave the church. Isn't it silly? Talk to me. Let's talk. That's how you prove your love. That's how you share one another. You say, man, I I don't understand why you did this, but you got on my last nerve. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I didn't even realize I did that. Oh, God, have mercy on my soul. Bless your heart like uh, the South, right? Bless your heart. Bless your heart. Come on. The world acts this way. We're the church. We can't act like this. Praise God. Offense. I'll talk with you at the house. Praise. Praise releases the blessings of God. It makes you sleep good at night. Praise is God's cannon pointed right at the gates of hell. When you praise God, everything changes. That's your armor. That's your weaponry. Boom. Like AJ. Boom, 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 boom. He was hitting them like a cannon, right? It sounded like Amen. a cannon. That's your worship. That's your praise. It hits the enemy's camp like cannonballs. And then God sends the glory, the cloud of glory into the room, the midst of God's glory. And it begins to destroy the chains and break the yokes of bondage. Brethren, it's time to hold fast to your faith because we have an enemy. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9, resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. You ain't the only one going through it. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you five quick points, quick, before I close. These are the benefits of praise. Number one, go ahead, brother. Number one, when you praise the Lord, you enter into his presence. When you worship God and you bring 
down his presence into your situation, God says he could inhabit the praises of his people. He's now enthroned in your worship. The word yashab, yashab is a Hebrew word. It means to dwell, to sit down, to abide, to remain in, to set in, to take in. It means to enjoy. God enjoys when you praise him, especially when you're going through hell. Praise, our praise is like a concert for the king. It's our cantata for Christ. It's our entertainment unto the Lord. Number two, when you praise God, you enter into the power of the living God. When you praise him, he manifests his power, his power to save, to heal, to deliver. Remember that God sent an earthquake to Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. He will deal with your enemies. He will correct every situation. But don't take vengeance. Leave room for him to repay. God is all-powerful. Number three, his glory. When you praise and worship God, the glory of God comes down. The cloud of glory that fills the temple where the priests could not even perform their duties because the presence of God, the glory of God was so strong. And you know when God's glory fills a house, the devil can't be nowhere around. He's terrified. Number four, his anointing. When you praise God and worship God, the anointing of God descends upon his servants. And it's because of that that they're able to minister more effectively. We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. Last point, number five, his deliverance. Saints of God, we all need to be delivered of something. When we praise God and worship God, the delivering power of God comes into play. He comes down to deliver his people as they praise and worship him, like he did with Jehoshaphat. All they had to do was stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. They began to worship God and see the enemies destroy each other on the battlefield. And for three days, they picked up the jewelry, the rubble, the spoils of war. He who lacks praise, lacks joy. He who lacks worship, lacks relationship. He who does not praise God, really doesn't know God. He who is praiseless, is already spiritually dead. He who won't praise God, is probably already rebelling against God, and doing so at their own peril. Why not praise the living God today? Some of you, I know what you're saying. You might be saying, this pastor's nuts. With everything that's going on, you're saying to praise God? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's in the place of our praise where God is going to meet us and deliver us. James 1, we read it all the time. Count it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. We know that the testing of our faith develops maturity perseverance so we would be mature and complete and not like anything look at daniel in the lion's den look at meshach shadrach and abednego in the fiery furnace look at joshua and the armies of israel at the battle of jericho look at jehoshaphat once more and the israeli army they were surrounded by their enemies. Look at David, King David. All throughout scripture, you can see people that depended on God, praise God in the midst of all types of peril. It takes great faith to trust God when things don't look good. Don't curse the crisis. God is working it out for your good. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's definitely talking about you. Hallelujah. Definitely. I'm talking to you. Don't curse the crisis. God's working it out on your behalf. He's allowing the world to be purged out of you. The cares of the world. He's taking you from the natural into the spirit. He's taking your cup and emptying it of all the nonsense that has been put in there. And he's refilling it with his presence. When ministering. In any capacity, count it all joy. Have an attitude of gratitude and praise the Lord, even though you may not understand. Praise Him. Conclusion. Praise the Lord. He can work through those who praise Him. Praise the Lord. For our God inhabits praise. 
Praise the Lord for the chains that seem to bind you. Serve only to remind you that they drop powerless behind you when you praise him. I'm going to give you four little verses to put in your Bible and highlight it. Let's go to the next screen. Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Psalm 9, 1. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your marvelous works. Psalm 92, 1. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. Psalm 50, verse 9. I will praise you forever for what you have done. In your name I will hope, for your name is good. I will praise you in the presence of your saints. That means when you come to the courts of the living God, whether it's at 11 Certified Drive, or whether it's on Route 302, or whether it's on Route 17M, or wherever we land, you come in with thanksgiving in your heart, with praise on your mouth, with an expression of gratitude and thanks unto God, knowing that no good thing will he withhold from this house. As far as I'm concerned, saints of God, we already had the victory. Three days to victory, March 24th through 27th of 2023. 72 hours in the presence of the living God. We saw incredible things. Now we're just going to keep praising Him and thanking Him for the victory. We're going to keep going till the wheels fall off. Hallelujah. The very gates of hell shall not prevail against this house. We're going to see what we have been pray praying for. Saints of the Most High, keep praising the Lord. Glory to God. Let's bow our heads in the presence of the Lord. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.